Hey, and welcome to the Motherhood Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Lockwood. And if you ever look around your house and wonder where the heck did all this stuff come from and how am I ever going to get it out, you are in the right place. I'm a mom of five who decluttered her home back in 2013 when my family and I decided to move from Alaska to Florida with one suitcase each. And I do not recommend it. What I do recommend is learning how to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist, which means learning to find the balance of what your family needs and wants without it being so much that it overwhelms you on a daily basis. So if that sounds good to you, you are going to love this podcast. Let's dive into the episode. been trying to declutter your house and not been as successful as you like, I am willing to bet that I can help you figure out exactly why. There are a lot of reasons that moms feel like they can't declutter, declutter, whether it's their kids or their spouse or the time or the energy or just simply not knowing what to do, where to take things, how to donate, right? How to do it mindfully, how to not be wasteful. Uh, Plus you're worried about like, what if I need it? You know, I wasted so much money on this. What if I need it again and I can't get it? There is so much that goes into decluttering as a mom. And I promise that if you have thought it or felt it, I have heard it before or experienced it myself. And that is exactly why I created this training called how to create your mom proof decluttering plan. And I've done a lot of decluttering checklists, challenges, courses, programs in the past, and they work. And this training really is the framework for every single thing that moms need to consider when it comes to decluttering their home. It's the plan. We're actually going to build your plan together. It's following through with your plan and it's including your family and even learning how to make this process as enjoyable as possible. Because most people feel like The task is daunting or just another thing on their to-do list, and I don't want it to feel like that for you. So this free training, how to create your mom-proof decluttering plan, you can go to motherhoodsimplified.com forward slash DIY to get it, or you can just check the show notes of this episode and you will find it. Come get it. I know there is so much information about there. A lot of it is much the same. Five steps to declutter your house, you know? Here's the checklist to declutter this area of your house, but none of them really show you the full scope of what goes into doing this start to finish. And that's exactly what's in this training. So go check it out, motherhoodsimplified.com forward slash DIY, or check the description of this episode to go get it today. Welcome to the Motherhood Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Lockwood, and on the surface, I teach you how to declutter your home so you can focus on what matters most to you as a mom, which I'm guessing isn't those laundry mountains, dishes stacked to the sky, and the tornadoes you clean up all day. My hope for this podcast is so much more than teaching you to declutter. I record all of my episodes live and in real time so that you can have the experience of a mom friend who gets you and is there for you. My audio isn't perfect, my kids might interrupt us, but the conversations we have are real, impactful, and proof that there are other moms like you that decluttering has worked for. If you want to join me and thousands of other moms for live episodes, go find us on Instagram and Facebook. 
Just search Motherhood Simplified and we'll welcome you with open arms. See you soon. When I decluttered my entire home, it was because my husband and I had decided that we were going to move across the continent from hey, Alaska to Florida. And we did it really, really quickly in like record time. Um, he accepted a job and was living in Florida in about two weeks and left me behind to clear out our entire home. And not only did I have to clear out our entire home, but I had to clear out the preschool that I owned at the time too. So I had, I owned a small childcare. Um, it was about a thousand square feet, but if you are a teacher or have been a teacher, you know that teachers are masters at hoarding all of the supplies, all of the toys, all of the crafts, all of the everything ever that you could possibly ever need. I had that space and I had our home that we had been collecting things in for basically our entire adult life which we were pretty young at the time. I was 24, he was like 29. Um, but still, it was a lot of stuff. So I had about four to five weeks um, where that, that was the time I had to get everything out of my house. And I want to tell you guys what it was like because as, <laughs> um, as I walk a lot of you guys through this process of decluttering your homes, the things that you go through and the encounters that you come across um, are very similar to the things that I did. The only difference being that I had a time crunch. I had a, a deadline. I had a flight out of town that I had to be on, so I had to get rid of my stuff. But the process was the same, and the feelings were the same, and the daunting overwhelm was the same. Um, so I left my notes behind me real quick. I'm going to grab them and let me know. OMG, I know, period. I'm on a webinar right now, period. Hang on. Okay, um, <laughs> he's trying to talk to me. I think he's on his lunch break. So when I decluttered my entire home, like I said, I didn't have these magical circumstances. I didn't have anything special. I actually had it pretty much the worst of the worst situation that it could be for somebody who was trying to declutter their entire home. My husband was gone, okay? He was in Florida. He was 4,500 miles away from me. I did not have his help. Um, I was doing it by myself. I had a two-year-old, a four-year-old, and um, my seven-year-old stepson at the time who was with me every other week. So I was not only without my husband, but I was severely outnumbered. I had three kids, seven, four, and two, by myself, and I was the sole proprietor, the sole owner, of the preschool that I had. And I was working from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m., which is a 10-hour day, but it was 30 minutes away, so I had to leave my house at 6.30 a.m. with the kids in tow, drive all the way to work, work my 10-hour days because I had some kids that showed up at 7 and the last kid didn't leave until 5, and then I had to drive 30 minutes home, and I had to get the kids bed, dinner, I had to get them in bed, I had to keep them happy, and I had to get rid of every single thing in my home, okay? So I did not have these ideal circumstances. So I didn't have a nanny, I didn't have a babysitter, um, 
at the time, my, both of my sisters-in-law were also moving, one to Seattle area, one to Washington, um, and one to Arizona. So they were busy doing their own things. I didn't have help from them. My in-laws lived right next door, but they were busy with their own life and they did not, they helped me on like one day. <laughs> my husband, I told him my mom, I said, no, he's just distracting me. Um, anyway, go for it. <laughs> um, anyway, it was not an ideal situation. I was exhausted, okay? And so what happened was my husband left and he said, all right, great, I'll see you in four weeks. I bought your plane tickets. <laughs> get rid of all this stuff. I'll see ya. Okay, whatever fits in these three suitcases, you each get one suitcase each. Bring what fits in the suitcase, pick what's most important, and then meet me there. And that's what I did, okay? I packed two suitcases of clothes, one of my clothes and like my bathroom stuff, like my hair dryer, my straightener, my makeup, um, some whatever fit in that suitcase, 50 pounds of that. One suitcase was of Derek and Bree's clothes, okay? And um, they didn't have any bathroom stuff, so maybe some of Bree's bows their shoes, their clothes, that was one suitcase. And then I had one suitcase of toys, okay? And it was 50 pounds of toys. Um, I brought things like their little dollhouses. Hey, Shamra, their little dollhouses, their little like guys. Um, I've posted some pictures of them before. It's like these little Winnie the Pooh, they're so cute. Um, we brought that, that play set because I knew it was something that they would play with for a long, long time. Some Legos. Um, I brought some books but I brought those in the carry-on. I brought the biggest carry-on that I could bring and I put the books in there because they're heavy and I only have 50 pounds. So I was like, I'm not putting, you know, 20 pounds of books that take up this much space. Okay. Like we're packing this with toys. <laughs> um, and that's what I did. Hey, so that was all I took with me to Florida. The rest of the stuff I sold, I donated, I trashed. Okay. And it was extremely overwhelming to stand in my house with no help, knowing that I had to get rid of it all. Okay. And so I think sometimes you guys think that there's a big disconnect in my story. Like, oh, I just moved to Florida and I just, you know, left everything behind. No, <laughs> I physically had to pack up all of my stuff and take it away. So I'm going to tell you what that looked like. Okay. It started off by me being extremely overwhelmed which is how a lot of you start. You start, you're like, okay, I have to declutter. Where do I start? Why do I have so much stuff? What even is all this stuff? How do I get rid of it? Um, what do I do next? Okay, like it's, it was overwhelming. I did not know where to start. And I can relate to you guys that completely. Um, the only difference was I didn't have any ability to slack. I had to jump in and I had to just go for it. I didn't have a choice, okay? We were renting that house. I couldn't leave it with all the stuff in it. Um, so it was extremely daunting. It was daunting. It was overwhelming. It made me want to cry. It made me want to be like, why is nobody helping me? <laughs> um, I have three kids and a 10-hour job, a 10-hour day job, and I have no employees. I have no support. I did hire a lady to help me, um, but she had her own son, and she was only able to help me for one day. And she called me about an hour in and said, hey, I can't do this. Um, and so I basically had enough time to get to the house, be like, okay, this is where I'm going to start. And then she called me and then I had to go back to work. Okay. I, I didn't have help. I just had to do it. Um, and it was completely overwhelming. And I know a lot of you guys feel like that. And I know the feeling. 
it's hard for me to remember it sometimes because it's been so long, but I do know the feeling and I know that it's very daunting, very overwhelming. Don't let that stop you. Okay. Because it's going to be overwhelming to live in it or it's going to be overwhelming to just start and go. Okay. So pick which kind of overwhelm you want to have. Do you want to be the type of overwhelm that's going to go away? I'm going to make you feel better. Or do you want to be the kind of overwhelm that just sits there and lingers and sucks the life out of you every day? Um, so that's what it felt like. And then this is what I did next. This is step two. This is step two of what happened and how it felt. I started with the easy things, which is what I recommend you guys doing too. Start in an area that is easy. Bathrooms are pretty easy, okay? Because there's not a lot of sentimental stuff in there. It's usually stuff that's expired. It's pretty easy. Kitchens can be easy. Um, yes, I think you're talking about like the overwhelm. Like what kind of overwhelms do you want to be? Forever overwhelms or overwhelms for a little while to get to a better place? <laughs> Um, I started with the easy things. So like I said, I recommend for you guys, things like bathrooms, surface purges, um, trash, broken pieces, missing pieces. Um, I did it the wrong way because I was moving. I was like, okay, what's the most, what's the biggest thing I can get rid of furniture. I sold the bed right away, which was a bad idea because then I had to sleep on an air mattress for like four weeks. Um, I sold the couches, which was another bad idea because then at night the kids had nowhere to sit. Um, I sold the kitchen table, which was a horrible idea because then the kids didn't have anywhere to eat. <laughs> um, but those were the things that were easiest for me. You know, I could put them up on, um, there was not buy, sell trade groups really at the time, but I could put it up on Facebook or on Craigslist and it would sell really fast. Okay. So I did the things that I could get done fast and easy, which is what I, I recommend you starting fast and easy. Um, to get momentum going, to be able to see the progress. Okay. That's why service purges are really um, I really recommend surface purchase because you can see the progress. Okay. You're like, wow, everything looks great. Um, and then you have to get under the surfaces. So we'll talk about that in a minute too. But I started with those areas and I was like, cool, I'll just, you know, sell these things and then I'll be pretty much close to done. That never happened. Okay. And that's step three. It felt like it never ended. It never ended. I'd make progress. I'd hold garage sales and be like, $500. Um, that was great. Got rid of so much stuff. And then I go to clean up the garage sale and get everything back inside and be like, oh my gosh, I got nothing done. I feel like I still have just as much stuff as I started with. And that was my life for like a month. It was like selling things on marketplace, donating things, taking trips and carloads to Salvation Army, taking loads to the dump because a lot of it was trash. Sometimes Salvation Army would be like, we can't take this. And I didn't have anywhere else to take it. So I took it to the dump. Okay. Somebody posted this in the group the day, other day, and I thought it was really funny, or maybe it was this morning, but one's man, one man's, what did she say? One man's clutter is another man's trash, or one man's trash is another man's clutter. Basically, the clutter that you're trying to sell or the clutter that you're trying to donate oftentimes is trash, and the donation centers won't even take it because they're like, we have so much of this, or it's not in sellable condition. To us, it's trash, so you can leave it here, but we're putting it right in the dump, okay? And that's the reality of it, and once you do declutter, Remember that and be really mindful about the things that you are buying. Is this going to end up clutter? And is this going to end up at a donation center or worse? Is this going to end up at the landfill? Okay. Because we overconsume, and that's the reality of it. Even donation centers don't want it because it's clutter. Um, but that's what a lot of you guys are feeling too. You're like, I've been decluttering every day for a month and I feel like I've made no progress. Or I feel like I, you know, I'm going and going and going and all this stuff just keeps popping up. That's how it's going to feel. Don't give up. Don't stop. You've started. You've made a lot of momentum. You've made a lot of progress. 
and it takes time. Okay. So my situation was a little bit different because like I said, I had a plane ticket leaving Alaska. I had no choice, but to be like, all right, kids, like three more loads. We have to go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth to get this done. Um, that's not everybody's situation. Okay. But your situation is not unique and that it doesn't feel like it never ends. Okay. It feels like it never, ever ends. Be like you purge Savannah. If she's still on here, would we purge like, like 12 bags of toys? And then we came back and we did it again. Okay. And maybe we even did it again after that. Okay. It really feels like it never ends. And, um, I don't want you to be discouraged by that. I want you to keep going because you've started. It doesn't make sense to start something and not finish it, especially because you're starting it with the intention and the desire to be clutter free, to be uncluttered, to have that simplified life. Just don't stop. Okay. Don't stop. <laughs> um, and I can't even tell you guys, like I said at the beginning, I did not have my husband's help. I had three kids, seven, four, and two. I was working 10 hour days with an hour commute combined, you know, 30 minutes one way, 30 minutes back. I had to make them dinner. I had to do everything else that comes with life um, and this. And it was exhausting, okay? But I didn't have a choice. It was like, come home and work, 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 work. <laughs> Good, okay. Um, and I think, Shamra, I think sometimes it's, it's hard for me to remember what it was like because it's been so long. It's been so long since I, since I did it, but it was exhausting. So that was number three of what it was like. It just felt like it never ended. And guys, like I said, my husband accepted that job. They were like, he was thinking that we would have six weeks until he had to be down there. And like I said, he had two weeks and I think really it was more like 10 days because he had to go down there and like meet people and get established and all these things. But, um, I didn't have his help. Okay. I didn't have his help. I had to move the, the king size mattress down the hall out into the garage by myself. I had to move. I had to dismount the TV. I had to take apart all the shelves. I had to move it out to the garage. I had to wake up early and set up everything out on the yard for the garage sale. And then at night I had to bring it all back in and I had to wrangle the kids while people were coming and taking stuff for the garage sale. Oh my gosh. It was just it was crazy. It was chaos, but it was absolutely worth it. And I know that as you guys are in the thick of all this, you know, in the throes of it, dealing with it all, just know long-term it's worth it. Completely, completely worth it. Um, so number three, let's move on to number four. Number four, I held on to things for way too long, thinking that I would need it or thinking that the kids would need it. And we didn't. And so I say that again, you know, my situation was kind of unique because I only had three suitcases of stuff that I could bring, but I will be completely transparent and let you guys know that the entire time that we were, that I was getting rid of things, that I was selling things, that I was throwing things away, I was panicking. I was panicking, like, we're going to need this. I was panicking, thinking that we were going to get to Florida and we weren't going to have what we needed. I was like, we're throwing all of this stuff away and it's like tens and thousands tens of thousands of dollars worth of stuff. And we're never going to be able to afford to replace it when we get to Florida, which was true. If we went down there and tried to rebuy all the stuff that I had gotten rid of, you know, we wouldn't have been able to afford it. But what I found was that we did not need any of that stuff. Okay. We didn't rebuy like 90% of the stuff that I got rid of. We never bought again. Never, never. We rebought workout equipment because that's a passion of ours. We rebought a very minimal amount of toys. Okay. I've talked about toys a lot, but we're not going to do that today. Um, I didn't buy any clothes when we got down there. We didn't need them. Um, we got things like dishes that we needed, 
but all of the clutter thinking that we were like going to starve and die and not have anything that we needed. We never needed. Okay. And I even kept a bedroom full of stuff. Um, what I would do is like start with the easy stuff and get rid of that. And then I would go through it again and start with the next easiest stuff and then the next easiest stuff. But I, I had a bedroom dedicated to all of the stuff that I was hopeful we would be able to put on a pallet or two or three or four and ship down to us. And it would cost about five or $6,000 to do that. And the stuff that I was packing up trying to bring with us was garbage. Okay. I was like, why would I spend five or $6,000 to ship this broken Nintendo that maybe one day we'll fix? Or why would I ship down Arctic gear? If you guys know what Arctic gear, it's like snow gear for negative temperatures, like negative 60 degree temperatures. Why would I pack that up and bring it to Florida with us? Okay. That makes no sense. There's no reason we would ever, ever need Arctic gear in Florida. And the reason that I was like, oh, we'll pack it up and bring it down there just in case my husband ever decides to go back to Alaska and hunt in that negative 60 degree weather, which nobody does, by the way, you don't go hunting in that weather. <laughs> you go hunting in fall when it's like 30 degrees. Okay. But these kinds of things that you're telling yourself, like, oh, I'm going to keep this just in case, or I'm going to keep this in case of this made up scenario that could maybe happen one day. I had those thoughts too. And I had a room full of stuff that I was like, Maybe we'll keep this for this event. It's never going to happen. Or maybe I'll keep these really old soccer cleats in the event that we join the soccer league down in Florida, which doesn't make sense. Why would I spend $5,000 to ship those down there when I could go to sports authority and get a $30 pair of cleats <laughs> down there? Okay. So I was not some sort of like, super freak person who was like, Oh, it's so easy. I'll just get rid of it all. You know, no big deal. No, I had a room full of stuff that eventually like on the last weekend, I was like, I just have to take this all away. Like I, I, there's nothing left to do. Okay. I don't have a shipment. I don't have a pallet. I don't have a storage unit. I don't have any way of keeping this anywhere. <laughs> so I just have to take it away. And I did. So all of those thoughts and those reasons of holding on to things for way too long, I did too. The only difference being I had a plane ticket out of town and I had to get rid of it. Okay. So I wasn't, it's easy for me to say now I have the same commute. I just thought, um, it's easy for me to say now, it's easy for me to tell you guys, you really don't need that. You really don't. I promise you, you don't. And I can tell you that because I've done it. Okay. I, if I had five or $6,000 at the time, who knows, maybe I would have shipped that clutter. And I probably would have regretted it and I wouldn't be where I'm at now. So that's why I get so like pumped up <laughs> to tell you guys, you don't need it. You don't need it. Okay. Hey, Aaron. Um, talking about all the things that you don't need. <laughs> you don't need it. Okay. I promise you, you don't. Um, and that's number five. Like eventually I just had to accept and come to terms with the fact that I had to let it go. Okay. And I didn't have anybody telling me that it was going to be okay. Well, actually I kind of did. Okay. So I would like call my husband at the end of the night, just completely exhausted, like to the point of tears. And he would be like, it's fine. Just get here. It's going to be fine. You're going to love it. The house is amazing. I have everything you need. You're going to bring the kids. You're going to bring the toys. I have the dishes. I have the food. We have the beach and everything's going to be fine. Okay. And he was there living it. And of course, in my head, I was like, okay, great buddy. You know, you're you're just one guy, one dad. <laughs> um, and, and, and you don't know this, like we're going to get there and we're going to die. Um, 
And that was dramatic of me, but you know, that's kind of how it feels. Like when you are letting go of your stuff, it's like a survival instinct instinct kicks in and you're like, oh crap, I need my stuff. I need my stuff. Oh my God, we need it. We need it. We need it. Um, um, I have constant bags. I fill one a week to donate. It makes me so happy. Yes. And just doing little bits like that makes a really big difference. I did it yesterday. I forgot to take pictures. Um, but I got rid of a coffee pot that we don't need because we have a Keurig, a blender that doesn't work, the bumbo chair because Kaylee, it's dangerous for her now because all she does is escape out of it. Some other stuff. Oh, some hiking boots that we bought that we forgot to return. And now it's past the return date. So can't do anything with it. So I just donated them. Um, but like intentionally doing things like little by little like that makes a big difference. Um, so yeah, I mean, eventually number five, I just had to let it go. I'll be posting pictures of my kitchen later because of this very reason. I don't need it. Yeah, you don't need it. And that's what I had to come to come to terms with. I have to let this go. And like I said, guys, my situation of moving across the continent, 4,500 miles away from the only place I had ever called home is not your situation, but learn my lessons for yourself. Learn them from me and trust me on it. Okay. I promise you, you don't need it. Okay. You, it's really easy when you're not backed into a wall like I was to self-sabotage and to keep your clutter for years and years and years, maybe decades, way past the amount of time that you're supposed to keep it. Okay. Stop sabotaging yourself. And if you want to live a simplified life and a clutter-free life, eventually you're going to have to let it go. All of it, all the things that you're not using, all the things that you're just shifting around from place to place to place. Yeah. All of your duplicate items, um, packing up a carload for the next garage sale as we speak. Yay. Okay, good. Um, but I mean, eventually you just have to let it go. Okay. Decluttering simplified. All decluttering is, is taking the things in your house and taking them away out of your house. That's, that's all it is. It's so simple. Um, it's so simple. Just take, pack it up and take it away. And like I said, guys, it's easy for me to say this now because I've been through it. I've been on the other side of it. Okay. I can tell you these things from experience. I'm not just blowing steam. Um, it's incredibly freeing and it's incredibly empowering and all of the things to live this way. And I want that for you. I want that for you. So I'm going to tell you often, you don't need it. You don't need it. Just let it go. Declutter it. Like stop making excuses. Stop letting all of these things stand in your way. Stop saying, I have to work. I have kids. I'm tired. I'm overwhelmed. I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of doing it wrong. I'm afraid of failing. Like those are all irrelevant. You just got to do it. You just got to do it. You're not going to regret it. Um, okay. And then sentimental stuff. So <laughs> if anybody's watching, who's in the motherhood simplified round one, um, I'm going to do a specific live on sentimental stuff because Amy had asked about it, but I want to talk to you guys about it right now too, because I had to deal with the sentimental stuff too. So I, we kept about like six big boxes, cardboard boxes. They were probably like two foot by two foot boxes of sentimental stuff. Um, my in-laws lived right next door. They let us keep those boxes in their garage until we were able to ship them down to us. And it was things like photos um, my husband's like high school yearbooks, his old jerseys, his, um, like just our memory boxes. Okay. And then we, it took like two years for us to get that stuff down there. 
um, my husband went back and looked through the boxes and it was kind of funny because I was like, those are all the sentimental boxes. Don't let them throw them away. Don't get ever get rid of them. And he opened up and went through them and it was a lot of trash. Like I had a box of supplements in there guys like weird. Why are, why, why did I do that? Probably thinking that we would ship it down within like a month or so. And the supplements wouldn't be expired. Like my husband's like protein and creatine and whatever else it is that he takes like fish oil, a box of those stored in a garage for two years. Okay. Totally stupid. <laughs> totally stupid. Um, half of the stuff actually was sentimental. Um, but a lot of it was not. And now I know what sentiment is. So some people think I'm not sentimental. So they'll joke about it and be like, Oh, nothing's safe with Krista. That's not true. I just know what sentiment really means. And it's something that makes you feel really, really good. Okay, so a lot of things that we have and keep make us feel something very strong, but it doesn't make us feel something good. So maybe we keep things because, you know, out of guilt or obligation or because it reminds us of somebody if somebody has died, but it's not necessarily good memories attached to those things. It just makes you really freaking sad to think about them. I think my husband just pulled in. Um, but anyway, it just makes us really, really sad to think about instead of making us feel something really, really good. And your sentimental items should make you feel good. They should remind you of happy things. And I'm not saying that, you know, um, it can get a little bit gray, I think, when you're dealing with like items from somebody who's died. Um, but, and you want to keep everything, you know, thinking that you're preserving their memories. But, you can't keep everything of theirs forever. And a lot of those things probably are laced with some really negative emotions. Okay. So sentimental items should remind you of really positive, happy things. And they should honor your story. They should honor your family's history. They should be really, really, really positive. If you've seen me talk about my wedding dress, that's a sentimental item. Okay. That's what a sentimental item should make you feel. When I see my wedding dress in my closet every day, because I hang it with my normal clothes, I get excited. It reminds me of the day that my husband and I got married when we ran away and we eloped on our secret wedding day after a lot of really bad times and hard times. And we were finally like, you know what? Like you and I are in it to win it and let's do this. Let's make it official. And we did like, that's a sentimental item. My husband has a football Jersey of his grandpa. I think that's my dog snoring. I thought it was the garage door opening, but I think it's my dog snoring. <laughs> Um, he has a football jersey from his grandpa, Big Daddy, and it reminds him of him. And he loves the memories attached with it. Watching football with his grandpa, growing up, um, kind of being rival teams. My husband is a Chiefs fan, and his grandpa really liked the Cowboys, so it's a Cowboys jersey, and it doesn't fit with any of our Chiefs gear. But the what that jersey represents to him are really, really fond memories of a man that he really looks up to. And I'm like, now I feel like I'm going to cry. Um, like my husband loved him and he grew up with him and he has great memories associated with him. And that's all he has left from him. Okay. is this really, really fond memories of a man that he looks up to and wants to be like, okay, he didn't keep all of his tools. He didn't keep all of all this other stuff that he could have kept from him. He just kept the one thing that was really special to him. Um, I have two paintings from my grandpa that he painted. I was not close to him. My mom saw them when we moved and said I could give them away, sell them if they aren't my style. It feels so good to be given that chance. 
I was storing from obligation and because they are really nice. Yeah, April. And um, I've mentioned a little bit, I don't know if you've seen any of them over because I've been in here for a while, but my grandpa's dying and my grandma is going through all of their stuff and offering it up to us. So she's saying, you know, no obligation. You don't have to keep this stuff, but these are the things that grandpa and I really loved and were a really big part of our home, like big giant paintings like that, paintings, some like really nice chandeliers, a bed frame. Some of you guys have seen the picture of the bed frame in here. I'll post it up in here because I think it's funny um, that I almost got from my grandma, but it's really ugly. <laughs> <laughs> and I really want it because of the memories attached to it. But my husband's like, it's the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life. Don't ever bring that into my house. <laughs> um, so, but it is nice to have the choice and to pick the things that feel good to you and that you actually want to keep. That's what sentimental items should be. So just be really mindful about what it's making you feel. Is it making you feel happy? Is it making you remember fond things? Does it bring back positive feelings of nostalgia and that and whatnot? And does it honor your story and your history? Is it aligned with what you want for your life? Um, Kaylee is awake, so I'm gonna have to go wake her up. But um, those, let me recap really fast and then I gotta go get her. Number one, it was extremely daunting and overwhelming. Number two, I started with the easy things and got those out of the way. And then I started with the next easy things and then the next easiest things and then the next easiest things. It felt like it never ever ended. And I felt like once I made progress, I would come back and be slapped in the face with how much I actually had left to do and was really overwhelmed by that. Um, I held on to things for way too long, thinking that we might need it or my kids might need it. Eventually, I just had to let it go and then how I dealt with sentimental stuff. So Kaylee's super upset. Any questions, any comments, put them in there and I will respond to you later. Bye. Oops. Hey friend, did you love this episode? If you did, I would love if you took a screenshot of it and shared it with somebody else. Okay. The whole point of this is to create a community of moms who get each other, who support each other and who, when they find something that helps them, they share it with somebody. So I would love if you shared this podcast with somebody with maybe just a little note about how it helped you or how it inspired you so that it can help somebody else. I would also love it if you left me a review. Leaving a review lets me get better stats on the internet and blah, blah, blah. Basically, it helps me help more moms like you. I would so appreciate it. If you hated this episode, I'm sorry, but I'm also kind of impressed that you listened to it all and you're still listening. So still leave me a review, still share it <laughs> because I'm sure somebody can benefit from it. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Hey, before you go, I have a question to ask you. Would you please leave me a five-star review if you are listening on iTunes? It helps me grow my show and reach more moms like you who are wanting to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist. If you love the show, I would love it if you shared something specific that you find valuable or helpful or that you just enjoy about listening to this show. It would mean the world to me if you took time out of your day to do that. And while you're at it, head over to motherhoodsimplified.com to listen to more podcast episodes or check out our Facebook group, 
Instagram, just to connect on social media. If you love these episodes and if you love this show, please tag me. I love to connect with you over there. Podcasts are kind of like a one-way conversation where I feel like I'm talking to you and with you. But when you tag me on social media, I feel like we can take that one step further and actually connect with each other, which is the whole point of me starting this podcast and community in the first place is to be able to connect with moms like you who are wanting to declutter without becoming a full-blown minimalist. So tag me in your Instagram stories. I'm motherhood underscore simplified. Check out the motherhood simplified Facebook group or head over to the site and just find even more blogs, podcasts, decluttering courses to help you continue on your decluttering journey. Thanks so much. And I'll talk to you soon.